0: Warning this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Three spooked girls.
1: Three spooked girls. When you wanna hear about the paranormal you get the spook. we on that haunted ground. Three spooked girls. The three spooked girls. Hey, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara, and as always, I am joined with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hey there. Hello. And today we are bringing you a patron select episode dedicated to our patron Jason. He has chosen the topic of ley lines. So if you're unfamiliar with this topic, like I was, these lines crisscross around the globe that are dotted with monuments and natural landforms and carry along with them, quote, rivers of supernatural energy. That's fine. Right. Many have reported feeling this energy at these places or on these paths, more specifically where they intersect, because it's just a bunch like you'll see in the pictures on the socials, these bunch of lines crisscross everywhere type of situation. It is said that there are pockets of concentrated energy at these intersections that can be harnessed by certain people, and it's described to have such a huge force to it that it can actually lead to negative energy pretty quickly if you are not careful. This topic is very popular in the UK from what Jason had said in our Patreon DMs and what I was reading, but I also learned that they are actually all over the world, including the US. It is said that there's tens of thousands of potential data points around the globe with these. Hmm. Right. So there's this one man who talked about it a lot that is believed to kind of like kicked off the idea of ley lines. But when doing research, I found a couple mentions of this in history and stuff prior. There's this idea that ancient sacred sites may have been constructed in alignment with one another. And this was actually brought up back in 1846 by a Reverend Edward Duke. And he had noted that some prehistoric monuments, and some medieval churches aligned up with each other. And then in 1909, the idea came up again in Germany. Wilhelm Tude had argued that the presence of these linear alignments connecting various sites, just like the reverend did, but he also suggested that there was a religious or an astronomical, like, I don't know, astrology-ish type of function going on with these ley lines, which technically didn't have the name yet. And in Germany, these were referred to as the holy lines.
0: This kind of sounds like Da Vinci (laughs) Code-ish.
1: Right? I got those vibes for sure. Now, I mentioned this dude for a second, the guy who kind of like kicked things off with this ley lines movement, if you will, his name was Alfred Watkins. And Alfred was described as a landscape photographer and also an archaeologist or part of the archaeologist community. And it was said that Alfred was out for a drive one day in 1920. And while going across the hills near, oh God, you guys, please don't at me, Blackwardine, Herefordshire, It was said that when he looked across the landscape and observed the way that several features lined up together, more specifically, he, quote, noticed that ancient sites seemed to be aligned with others nearby. His idea was that our ancestors built and used prominent features in the landscape as navigation points. These features included prehistoric standing stones and stone circles like Stonehenge and barrows and mounds, hill forts, earthworks, ancient moats old prehistoric reformation churches, old crossroads and fords, prominent hilltops and fragments of old straight tracks, end quote. It depends on kind of what version you go with this. We hear a couple different things. We hear this kind of the quote I just grabbed for you from one of my sources. But another account says that he actually told his family that these paths were a, quote, chain of fairy lights across the land. (gasps) I love fairy lights. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into fairies a little bit. But like I said, it really depends where you read from. Some say he was like, you know, he didn't believe in magic. He didn't believe in fairies. He didn't believe anything like that. That wasn't, quote, scientific. While others had this. So, I like the fairy side, so that's what we're going with. And in 1921, he had actually named them Ley Lines. He went with this because apparently uh, in the area where he discovered it, there was a lot of villages that the Ley Lines went through and it had Ley or L-E-Y in their names. Okay. Yeah, to pay tribute to the area.
0: I was gonna think it was like a kid or a wife or like a sister, you know.
1: Yeah. He would end up writing two publications on ley lines. The first was the early British trackways in 1922, and then the other that is more infamous is called the Old Straight Track in 1925. The Old Straight Track is actually considered to be the first actual book about ley lines, and it was also the first to document and map ley lines throughout Britain and southern England. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And now, like I said, these do, and I already kind of mentioned one, they connect to a bunch of different historical structures or landmarks. So some of them include Stonehenge, like I said, the Egyptian pyramids, the Great Wall of China, Machu Picchu, and Ayers Rock in Australia. There's so many, but those are kind of like our MVPs. That's great.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that question, like the chicken or the egg. Did the ley lines attract people to build or because people built and that energy? I have questions.
1: Yes, yes. And they do also, like I mentioned, pop up in the U.S. all across the country, some states being Washington, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. With that, I do want to kind of like dive into these ley lines a little more. So like I said, they connect these monumental places But what the fuck are they exactly? Well, again, like most of these kind of things, they just depend which camp you want to be in except for your, quote, right answer. And it kind of varies. And I thought it was interesting because there was a YouTube video that will be in the sources page because, like, no spoilers, there wasn't a lot of like legit sources to use. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like a lot of it was blogs and stuff. But I did find a YouTube video and she really broke this down for me really well. And it helped me kind of understand it more. That's good. So if you would like that enlightenment, go watch it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Some of these topics get hard because it's like only a finite community understands them. And a lot of times they don't let that information outside their community. For sure.
1: And this is like one of them, I feel like. Now, it says that the Irish call these or group these with fairy pathways. I mentioned fairies were going to come up again. And while it may sound cool at first, it was actually kind of scary. So. so. Oh, good. Yes. Oh, great. And there was in that video I watched, she mentioned how she lived along a fairy pathway in this area. And she just said that for her personally, a bunch of like weird stuff started happening similar to like haunts, but it was, you know, fairies, not ghosts. And it was just a really bad negative energy. She's a witch. So she's also in tune with this stuff. And apparently it wasn't just like her and things like that. It's actually, I guess, pretty common for anyone who ends up having homes along the fairy pathways, the fairies are said to cause mishaps and put out, like, negative energy and things to happen to essentially drive the humans away to get the fuck out of their area, pretty much.
0: I mean, in their defense, it's their pathway.
1: Yeah, right. I was just kind of, like, laughing about it, though, because, like, it made me think of our fairies episode. Um, If you're newer and haven't listened to it, go back. It was fun. <laughs> They're not all, like, Tinkerbell. There's some, there's some scary fairies out there, for sure. And apparently this whole fairy pathway thought or theory uh, was really popular in the 1800s. I don't know so much anymore. I know there is a part of the community that think that is linked, but back then it was like one of the main ones. There was actually even certain days that people would just completely avoid these areas because they didn't want anything bad happening to them. Like there was, I don't know, fairy stuff going on. So they're like, we're going to stay clear.
0: (laughs) It's fairy business. Stay away from the fairy
1: business. Pretty much, yeah. And switching gears a little bit, it was said, but still scary, it was said that in Christian traditions, they referred to these paths to be used for funeral processions, and they had two different names as well. Those were Corpse Road or Ghost Highway.
0: I mean, I kind of like the second one better, because the first one seems mean.
1: Mm-hmm. These paths were actually used to move the dead from their place of death to the, you know, the church that their funeral was going to be at. So like literally the procession was on these roads. And there was some creepy stories and lore around these paths as well. Would That would definitely be interesting to research more if you guys are interested. But they included things like a headless black dog, ghostly lights is what it said, or aka corpse lights, which I don't want to know. What corpse lights are. If you want to tell me, I guess you can, but I don't want to know. It sounds scary. (laughs) And soul sucking wraiths, corpse. Road sounds like a poppin' place. That's that's all I gotta say about that.
0: <laughs> I don't want to be near there.
1: No. And then in Australian culture, the ley lines are believed to have been pathways for their Aboriginal gods, and the ancient Incas had similar thought. It was said to be for their gods as well, and where they would go, they would go on these paths to perform sacrifices, which more in particular usually involved sacrificing babies. What is it? This baby sacrifice? Sacrifice. My opinion or assumption is that babies are innocent and pure. So maybe that's why. Not saying, not encouraging it, but I'm assuming that's why.
0: No, I was saying that because we just did the live
1: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: and we talked about homes taking the
1: babies. So I'm like, why is lately, lately everything about taking babies? Baby snatchers. Stop it.
0: Baby snatchers. Knock
1: it out. Literally. And they also have been compared to the Lung Mei lines or the Dragon Paths slash Dragon Currents, which was said to have similar energy properties that we've already talked about. And some other noteworthy ley lines more specifically to mention are the St. Michael's ley line and the Serpent Mount. So St. Michael's is said to be one of the most famous ley lines out of all of them. This path appears to follow the sun slash the sun follows it on May 8th. And that is actually the same time that they have the St. Michael's Festival of the Spring. They have it on this day as well. Okay. I was wondering why it was called that. There you go. The more you know. And then Serpent Mount. So this is more of an example on how a lot of ley lines in the United States are in places that are historic landmarks involving Native American culture and this particular site is described as an effigy mound, which they said was a mound in the shape of an animal, and this one represented a snake with a curled tail. And they also had three more burial mounds nearby this area. The two were created by the Adena culture, and the time frame said 800 BC to 100 AD. And then the other one was by the Fort Ancient culture dated 1000 to 1650 A.D., now, the interest has grown with these ley lines as the decades have went on. So for a long time, a lot of people rejected the idea that, you know, there was anything special with the ley lines, but it seemed to kind of come around during the 60s, but not surprised because it seems like a lot with these, I don't even want to call it a conspiracy theory, but like these type of subject matter groups and stuff start popping up about the 60s slash 70s, it seems like. And there has been tons and tons of publications and books that came out, including including Skyways and Landmarks by Tony Wedd, and with this one in particular, he believed—here you go, alien folk—that extraterrestrial life may have been intertwined with this. His conclusion in his work was, after comparing Alfred's idea with those of— This French ufologist, I don't know if it's, I'm probably saying their name wrong, Amy Michelle, who basically they argued that the lines were used by aliens to travel on in their spacecrafts.
0: I mean, roadmaps.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he said basically what Jessica said, that either they used these landmarks and stuff for guidance for their roadmaps or that the energy has like a magnetic current type of thing. And it's kind of like what drew them there to use them. Ah. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Is Area 51 on a ley line? Let me see. It is. Ah. Makes total sense. Right? Everything is falling into place now, guys. (laughs) it is soon we're just going to be a conspiracy theory podcast no we're not i'm just kidding
1: guys
0: (laughs) i couldn't even get it out without like smirking and tara was just like shaking her head at me like no
1: (laughs) they might be honorable mentions every so often but definitely not full-time um So there would be another book to come out kind of under this same realm by John Mitchell, and it was called The Flying Saucer Vision. He had said that aliens, quote, had assisted humanity during prehistory when humans had worshipped these entities as gods, but that aliens left when humanity became too materialistic and technology focused, end quote.
0: Oh, my God. It's like the Crystal Skull, like the Indiana Jones movie.
1: Right? It was also said that he believed that our materialism was leading us to self-destruction, but that this could be prevented by reactivating the ancient centers, which would facilitate renewed contact with the aliens. Then it would be a few decades later into the 80s that professional archaeologists in Britain began to kind of like dive into the Ley Lines community slash ideas. Uh, Maybe not in the most positive light, but I'll let you decide. So in 1983, Ley Lines in question was a book that was written by Tom Williamson, who is an archaeologist, and also Liz Bellamy. And she was an archaeologist as well. With their work, they focused on the West Penwith district. They highlighted that the British landscape was so highly covered with monuments and these landmarks and stuff that statistically, it was unlikely that any straight line could be drawn across there without passing through several of these landmarks. They're just like, you just draw and it's fucking going through it. Like, it's just, it's not anything mystical. It's just because we have a lot of stuff.
0: It's the chicken or the egg thing. Like, if there's enough things, their energy will appear.
1: Yes. They also talked about lay hunters, which, yes, there are lay hunters. We'll get into that in a second. That they often claimed that certain markers were Neolithic, Neolithic. And thus roughly contemporary with each other when often they were widely different dates, such as being from the Iron Age and then medieval times. So overall message of the book was that this idea of ley lines just had nothing empirical or scientific to really go off of to prove it was real type of thing. Shitting on ley lines. That's what they're doing. I mean, every party's got to have a pooper. And, <laughs> so I mentioned ley hunters and ley hunting was said to have welcomed those who had, quote, a strong interest in the past but felt excluded from narrow confines of orthodox academia. End quote. And this movement also included other practices in their activities, such as numerology and dowsing. I don't know what dowsing is, but it's fine.
0: I don't either. (laughs) I just remember like getting our friend Eric a numerology book and sitting in my living room with too many wine coolers (laughs) and him like telling me my numerology. I don't remember anything he said, but it was like a big fucking book. I think I got it at Barnes and Noble. You were probably with me when I bought
1: it. Probably, probably. The group was described as a very, or is, because I'm sure there's still lay hunters today, uh, very diverse. They consisted of people of different social economic classes, different political parties, and just like everybody from different backgrounds kind of thing. And it said that it contained quote, adherents of both radical left and radical light ideology. End quote. And lay hunters often differed on how they understood the lines, but some believed that the ley lines could only like they only marked the pre-existing energy current, whereas others thought that the ley lines helped control and direct it. So again, it's like box within a box within a box. But like back to that energy force, like those two camps would agree there's an energy force. Nevertheless, the general agreement was that the ley lines were laid out between 5000 B.C. and 2600 B.C. So a while ago is what you're saying. A long time ago. Basically, they said that was after the introduction of agriculture, but before the introduction of metal in Britain. Oh. So history lesson there.
0: I like when we learn history facts.
1: Yes. So with that, that is going to come circle us to a close on my take on ley lines. I am very curious on what you all think about them, whether you think it's something mystical and fairy related or if it's a bunch of ghosts or if it's aliens or if it's just, you know, if you're more scientific based and you think this is all kind of a coincidence because, yes, there's a lot of historical landmarks and stuff. That's okay too. So, yeah, I would just love to know what you all think. And Uh, yeah that is gonna wrap it up today for our patron select episode thank you Jason for suggesting this topic and also supporting the show if you would like to have your own dedicated episode just like these and our other patron selects that perk starts at our $10 tier and you can support the show at any tier at patreon.com slash three spooked girls and we will see you on Monday for a full episode bye guys bye